0: Proverbs 11. Last week I talked about the prudent man sees danger coming and takes refuge. The simple man does nothing and suffers the consequences. So I thought in the month of July, we might just look at a couple of different Proverbs. And uh, just this week, I just spent uh, quite a lot of time in my own personal devotional time reading again through the whole book of Proverbs. I don't know if you know this, but there are 31 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs, and there are 31 days to a month. So the thought is, why don't you at least read whatever the day is today, it's the 10th of July, that read Proverbs 10. Then on the 11th of July, read Proverbs 11. It's a a proverb a day will help keep the devil away. No doubt about it. So look at Proverbs 11, verse 25. By the way, welcome to our Wilson campus. Once again, your pastor is away on vacation, but me, the senior pastor of everything WAVE, is here holding down the fort, even for our family in North Carolina. Praise the Lord. The generous man or the generous person will prosper. Say prosper. I want you to look at that. That word is in the Bible. That is not a Kenneth Hagen word. It's not a Kenneth Copeland word. It's not a Creflo Dollar word. It's not a faith preacher word, although faith preachers preach it. I want you to know, some people think that maybe the word prosperity isn't biblical, but I want to tell you it is biblical. And I want you to know the Bible says the generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. What a great proverb. Probably one of my favorite proverbs when I think about watching people give of themselves so tirelessly to other people. And how is it they are not fatigued? How is it that they seem to have the means and the wherewithal to keep finding themselves able to be continually a blessing to other people? on a consistent and continual basis. Oh, I've seen some people get burned out. I've seen some people lack wisdom and do too much too quickly. But I'm talking about the kind of person that is the generous person, watch this, will prosper. And whoever refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. So here's the first thought I want to give you this morning as we look through the book of Proverbs. And I'm only just picking... A few verses, but the book of Proverbs, I want to whet your appetite for it. I want you to start reading a proverb a day on, on top of whatever else you do for your devotional life. I was encouraging a business person this week. He had a, he's having a particularly challenging time in his business, and uh, most of the time when I ask somebody who's going through a bit of a challenging season, this is sadly true, one of the first questions I ask them is, are you in the Word? Are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? And I've got to be honest with you, sadly, I would say seven times out of 10, people would say, no, I'm not regularly in the Word. And I'm thinking, how could you ever hope to have confidence? How could you ever hope to have courage? How could you ever think that it's only the Word of God that will sustain us? Amen. Amen? But I talked to this particular business person. I said, tell me, are you in the Word? Because this person's going through just hell on earth right now. And I said, are you in the Word? He goes, every day. Are you praying? Every day. And I thought, you're going to make it. You're going to find a way through all this in Jesus' name. Because I want to tell you, we need to be living in the Word of God. Can anybody say amen? So here's the first word out of this proverb I'm gonna draw our attention to is generosity. I've always believed that we should always give out of our strength, never give away your strength. You give out of strength, you don't give away your strength. If you give away all your strength, then you got no strength left to give to someone else. Sometimes people say, why doesn't the church sell all its buildings, give all its money to the poor and help the poor? Well, that would be good for today and tomorrow. But a church is meant to be here for decades and centuries. And if we just turn around and gave everything we had today, gave it away, they'll still be poor tomorrow. And we, the church, want to be there for the needs of everyone. Can you say amen to that? So we got to give out of our strength. It's not foolish generosity. It's not reckless generosity. It is strategic, deliberate, and wise. We give out of strength. We don't give away our strength. Amen? I love what Simon Wheel says. He goes, attention is the rarest and the purest form of generosity. I like that. Attention is the rarest and the purest form of generosity. I was talking to one of our business guys in our church just a few short weeks ago, and he manages a whole bunch of like an aviation company. He flies and manages planes and jets and I'll never forget something he told me just recently that I never knew. He said, let me tell you the day I decided you were my pastor. I was coming to Wave Church. I was kind of checking out Wave Church. I was checking you out. And uh, he goes, I saw at a conference when there were just so many people wanting to get a piece of you and wanting to talk to you. And I watched you over here and you were standing down the front. And a little boy, probably the age of seven, eight years of age, came up to you. And pulled on your shirt. And you you looked down, and this little boy asked if I would just talk to him for a moment and would I pray with him? I don't even remember the story. I don't remember the incident. But this business person said, I watched you. He was on our volunteering on our security team at the time. And he goes, and all these people were grabbing you, trying to talk to you, and you ignored all of them. And you sat down with that young man for five or ten minutes, let him talk to you. And then you pray with him. He goes, that was the day I decided you are my pastor. And I want to encourage you to understand. I'm I'm, I'm just, I don't remember the story to tell you the truth. But let me tell you, I love that thought. Attention is the rarest and the purest form of generosity. Giving someone your undivided attention. That means put away your cell phones. That means if you're having dinner with someone, have dinner with the person you carved out the time to have dinner with, not 20 people you're texting during dinner or on social media. Come on, somebody. Have enough politeness, have enough kindness, have enough common sense to give the person you're talking to the attention that they deserve. Somebody say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Uh, I wrote this. This is my quote. Ready for this one? Um, I don't know where I heard it from, but I love quoting it. So I'm just going to say, if i said it this long, I'll call it mine. Praise the Lord. It's copyright, the right to copy. The difference between prosperity and greed, how do I know, because we're getting into this word prosperity, how do I know the difference between prosperity and if I'm just greedy? Because some people, if you're not careful, can turn prosperity into a greedy message. And you got to know, I will fight to defend the prosperity message, but I will fight to keep it pure. I don't want it to get distorted. So how do I know if I'm really embracing prosperity or if I'm just embracing a a doctrine of greed, self-serving, self-gratification? Do you know how you know? The difference between prosperity and greed, listen to it, is generosity. That's how you tell the difference. Between whether you are prospering and prosperous or whether you're greedy, are you generous? When you have the means to help someone, do you step up? Are you there for them? You need to write that down. That's a good thought right there. Some of you are looking at me like you're like a deer stuck in the headlights. Okay, listen to this. Winston Churchill, I love what he says. Get old Winston. I like him. We make a living by what we get but we make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, you know, if you want to be first, you've got to be servant of all. The last will be first and the first will be last. I want to give some things that I believe you should be first in that I think God's okay with. That we, there are some things that we ought to aspire to be first in. You ready for it? We ought to be the first to smile. Yeah. I mean, Christians ought to smile. Christians ought to have joy and happiness in their lives. Why don't you be the first person to smile? This week, Robert and I were driving over to the Harley Davidson store in Portsmouth, and, uh, and, and you'll be pleased to know that your pastor, um, well, I missed the turnoff to the H- Portsmouth Harley Davidson store. So I come to the next little place where you could turn around, except there was this annoying sign that said, no (laughs) U-turn. And I have to confess, I looked and saw if there was any police around. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I don't wanna drive further up just to get to the Harley store. But then my conscience got the better of me. And I thought, no, Robert, I'm gonna keep going. I'm not gonna break the law. And I got to the set of traffic lights and at the traffic lights, another little sign that said, no U-turn. Well, I'm thinking I already obeyed the law once. But no, I thought, no, be a good man, be a Christian, be a pastor, be a law-abiding citizen. So I kept on going. Did a a legal U-turn and turned around. But I've never come in this direction from the Harley-Davidson store. And somehow... I found myself mistakenly back on the on-ramp to the interstate. <laughs> I quickly realized what I did, pulled over on the on-ramp and reversed. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm mean, i just barely on the on-ramp. And I reversed my car and as I go to pull out, a police car sitting right there <laughs> and got me. And I looked at him. And he walked up to me and says, can I have your registration? And the first thing I did was smile. I said, officer, I am guilty. I did this. I am so sorry. I shouldn't have done it. But I did obey the law twice. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to me, true story, I just smiled. I said, I obeyed the law twice. And I just was smiling. And he looked at me and he goes, are you Australian. I said, "I am." He goes, "I just came back from my honeymoon from Australia." I said, "What a great country." "I love Australia." "How was it? Did you like Australia?" Oh, "I loved Australia." And he goes, "Sit right there." And I thought I'd oh, done it, Robert. I thought my smile was going to get me a bit of a pass. And he comes back and he goes, "Never do that again." And he let me go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Be the first to smile. Here's another thought. Be the first to forgive. I'm shocked of some people who just somehow think they can hold on forgiveness to forgiveness and them to think it won't affect them. Holding on to unforgiveness is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I know there are people... That have yet, when I say forgiveness, I'm not talking about when you forgive them that what they did to you wasn't wrong, but you must forgive them anyway. It means you have maybe wisdom and boundaries about that relationship, but you can't hold on to unforgiveness. You just can't do it, because I'm talking about generosity, and I think one of the greatest meanings and definitions of generosity is that you would be the first to forgive, that you would be the first to be the bigger person, to be the better person, to show it in your heart that you're not going to let that thing hang on to you another minute, another day. It is a cancer to your soul when you hold on to unforgiveness, Come on, somebody, somebody, amen. Amen. The first to give. You're not waiting for what other people do that will determine what you do, but you're the first to give. Maybe another one, the first to be kind. The first, listen to this, not to rush into judgment. Can you say amen? amen? So how do we be generous? Well, here's a simple thought. Why don't you just divert one expense? Why don't you just find one expense that you have in your life, and you divert it, and you now put that expense towards something that you could give to. Sometimes we think to ourselves, well, I don't have enough to give. Well, maybe you could actually divert an expense. Maybe you don't need Verizon Fios cable. Oh, it got very quiet. <laughs> maybe you don't need Roku, praise the Lord. Maybe there's an expense that's in your life that you could say, you know what? I'm going to get that out of my life, I'm going to see to it that this money now goes somewhere that marks of generosity. Can anybody say amen? amen? Here's another thought, how to be generous, and I mean this with all my heart. Spend more time with generous people. Yeah. You know, we do a motorcycle trip every year, and we've been doing it for, I don't know how many years now, Dave? What is it, 16, 17? 2006, or so whatever that is. Yeah. Um, mathematics, Dave, what is it? How many years is it? Come on, Mr. Ballistic Missile Guy. You're supposed to be good at numbers. 16 years? We'll go with that. Um, And, you know, I I noticed there was a new guy that came the last two years. And he came last year. And he's a fairly well-to-do business guy that's doing pretty well in his life. And he was hanging out with a bunch of guys from Wade Church that he'd never met before. And he was overwhelmed at the generosity of every man on that motorcycle trip. Anytime anyone sat down at whatever table, someone always paid the bill for everybody else. He was kind of thinking, well, I'll just figure out what I got. I'll just pay my meal and everybody else. But every time he went to pay his meal, someone paid his meal for him. He goes, I never have ever seen generosity like this. And he goes, and he's not bigger or better than any of these people, but he he knows where he's at in life and was challenged to the core of his being that he could be a more generous person just by hanging around generous people. Can I say this? If little things are starting to annoy you, it's a sign your world is shrinking. If you lose gratitude and you start getting irritable at little things, you need to check yourself. And one of the ways I believe we can overcome a lot of our minor issues in life, is to determine to be generous people. The Bible says the generous man will prosper. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. So here's another way to be generous. Start on something small. Just something that you can start giving to that is small. Another one, a way to, to be generous, is to embrace gratitude. To just embrace a heart of gratitude. Be thankful for the people in your life. Do you know, every morning, Sharon, I got to tell you, I'm grateful to her, thankful to God for her. Every morning, I I love one thing for breakfast. I've loved it for years. It's all I ever eat. I am the most boring breakfast person in the world. There's only one meal I eat for breakfast, and that's avocado on toast. And every morning, Sharon gets up and makes me avocado and toast. I pray I never just take that for granted. I pray I never just turn that into an expectation. I pray that every time that she wants to do it, it's not like I ask; she wants to do it. That I never lose the wonder and the appreciation of the gift that God. And by the way, if you're wondering where Sharon is this morning, she's preaching at Seaboard. Praise the Lord. We're still married. Just want you to know. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Can we just keep an attitude of generosity? Can we keep an attitude of gratitude? Can we be thankful for the job that you have? Do you know the one we prayed for you to get that was an answer to prayer that now you're mad at your boss? Do you know the one that we prayed for you to get and now they're telling you you've got to come back into work and work in the office and you're saying, I don't want to come back and you need to be grateful to God for the job God gave you. Here's another way how to be generous. Find a cause with a kingdom passion. See to it that all your your generosity isn't just marked by things that you think are just temporal. Make sure there's a kingdom cause to it. And why don't maybe another way to be generous is to live a little less extravagant. Listen, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, it says, For him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Maybe in your life, there's just something you can do. to. You say, I I don't have any means of money to be generous. Well, maybe a living dog is better than a dead lion. That a little less is better than having something that's got a noose around your neck. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Here's the next thought. Generosity, it says, the generous man... Or the generous person will prosper. So let's just talk about this word "prosper" for a minute. Prosperity is not what you have. You could look at someone's life, and their house, or their car, or their clothes, or you know the, the, what's in their house, and you could mistakenly look at that person and think, "Man, these people are really blessed." But gener- prosperity is not what you have. It's what you have left after you've paid your bills. See, if God told you to give $50 to someone and all your money's spoken for, maybe for you, a living dog is better than a dead lion. If all you have is just the means to pay your bills, you're up to your nostrils in debt. You're not blessed. Come on, somebody. And prosperity is more than the accumulation of goods. Can anybody say amen? Amen. And so, prosperity, in my definition, is across your whole life, not just what's in your bank account. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I actually think it's prosperity in terms of having a prosperous life. Your relationships, or the people in your world, your marriage is prospering. Doesn't mean there aren't challenges in your marriage. Talk to Dave and Liz, married thirty-five years. Caroline next year, married forty years. And yeah, thank you. I promise you, there's seasons where life has been wonderful and there's seasons where life has been challenging, especially these guys living in the military. I think Dave's been away more than half his whole life, I think, in terms of which has been a blessing, I'm sure, sometimes, Liz. <laughs> I think Sharon would like me to join the military sometimes. Prosperity is the relationships you have with people, amen? It's, it's your family. It's committed to your family. It's your job that you're a blessing on the work site. Amen? It's not like some people, their absence is better, it's more of a blessing than their presence because they're toxic and they're negative Prosperity is not just you looking good, smelling good, giving the appearance of everything's great. It's across your whole life. It's what's coming out of your mouth. It's words of kindness. It's words of vision. It's not your world is shrinking and you're getting bitter and you're getting mean and you're getting critical and everything's negative, amen. It's your relationship with your neighbors. Man, have I worked on that? I've had one or two challenging neighbors in my life. Anybody ever have some challenging neighbors? You might be that challenging neighbor. You might be. I mean, we can all think about someone else who's a challenge, but do you ever think maybe you're someone else's challenge? And I I really want to make sure that I get on well with my neighbors, that I do everything I can to go over and above. Amen? I believe the Bible says the generous man shall prosper. And I actually think prosperity has everything to do with the way you think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Listen to this verse, 3 John 1 verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may... I wrote this in the King James. It just sounds more anointed. You ready for this? Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. I like that King Jimmy. That thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Here is the word of God wishing wishing above all things, above everything that God can wish for. God says, above everything else, I wish that you prosper. The biblical definition of prosperity and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So what the Bible's telling me, that I can only prosper and be in good health as much as my soul is prospering. If my soul isn't prospering, I will never know prosperity and good health. Because the word there, even as your soul prospers, how's your soul doing? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It is a biblical word that God wants you and he wants me to prosper. Can anybody just praise God? <laughs> so if my world's full of negativity, full of gossip, full of rumor, full of doom and gloom, turn on the news and what's the world coming to? If, my, if I'm fighting divided relationships and divided, you know, opinions and I'm I'm just you know cursing the darkness I'll never know prosperity and health beloved I wish above all things that you prosper and you be in good health even as your soul prospers how is your soul prospering I'm a good man I'm a good leader God is with me God is for me He owns the cattle on a thousand hills I'm blessed to be a blessing. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. He has made me the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. In the name of Jesus, God is with me. God is for me. Listen, the Lord your God will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the command of the Lord your God that I give you this day and you carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. Does anybody sing? It is the will of God that you understand that you are the head. There's a whole lot of exciting stuff happening at the head. There's sight at the head. There's hearing at the head. There's brains at the head. There's taste at the head. There's speech at the head. There's smell at the head. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot of good stuff happening at the head. Not a lot of exciting stuff happening at the tail. But the way some people's thinking is It's more tail orientated. Smells. When my grandchildren come near me, I love them. But there's an aroma that comes with them sometimes. And I go, ooh, mom, your child needs you. That's the tail side of grandparenting. Some Christians stink. Their soul is stinking. Stinking. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Some Christians, their brain is on the pill. They haven't given birth to a new idea in years. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Listen Listen to what God said to Joshua. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it, from the right or to the left. Watch this, watch. That you may be successful. Is that a word in the Bible? Did, you, did we just read the word successful in the Bible? That you may be successful wherever you go. Do not, sorry, it says, keep this book of the law. And it says, of the law. And always on your lips, meditate it, meditate on it day and night, watch this, and you are careful to do everything written in it, then, when, then, you will be prosperous and successful. God does not say, I'll bless you. He goes, if you keep the word of God in your mind, in your heart, in your life, you will make your way prosperous. God doesn't say, if you do it, I'll bless you. He goes, if you do this, you will be prosperous. If you do this, you will make your way successful. You will know prosperity. You will know success. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. And if you keep the word of God in your mind, in your heart, you meditate on it day and night, then you will know prosperity. Come on, somebody needs to get excited. So we got this word generous. We got this word prosperity. And hopefully we're comfortable with the idea that God wants you prosperous. Amen? But now let's talk about the the final thing that I think is the most important thing. He who refreshes others himself will be refreshed. Some of you aren't going to like what I'm about to teach, but it's good. And it's in the Bible. And I want to make some people, honestly, uncomfortable this morning. I actually have a mindset that is permeating our culture in America today that disturbs me. And somehow we think God owes us, and somehow we think the government owes us, And somehow we think the church owes us. And somehow we think our boss owns us, owes us. And I want to just read this one more time. Watch this. He who refreshes others himself will be refreshed. Proverbs 11 verse 25. A generous man will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will actually be refreshed. So you could look at this and go, well, that's kind of like a little bit of a, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Well, that's a worldly way of looking at that. But God says, I see when you are kind to others. I see when you are generous to others. Because I see it, because I see that heart of generosity, because you've been a blessing to someone else, I will bless you. God says he sees our generosity. The generosity comes because we have a revelation of prosperity, that we are blessed to be a blessing. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Proverbs 19, verse 17. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they've done. You need to know, the moment you help somebody like in Wave Legacy like you do, the moment you give someone $5 who's homeless, God sees it. I know some people go, I'm not giving them $5. What if they go and buy beer with it? So what if they do? I don't care. I want to be the person that understands, God, thank you that you have blessed me. And I want to make sure that I am going to be a blessing wherever and whenever I can. I'm not, I, I don't, now don't get me wrong. I, I, I am very strategic and very deliberate. Where I give and what I give, and to who I give to. Are you hearing me? Yes. But if I got five bucks on my card, I see someone that needs something, I wouldn't even think twice about reaching out. My son, grandson Jack's come over yesterday, he was away on vacation for a week, which for now on, I hate it. My children are never allowed to have a vacation without me because they take their children with them, and I hate that. And Jack's come over, he just saw $5. He doesn't even think of it, just picks it up, puts it in his pocket, and goes, Thanks, Skipper. <laughs> It's all yours, buddy. You can have that. <laughs> He's not poor. Trust me. One of the best ways to help the poor is don't be one of them. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen? Amen? We give out of strength. We don't give away our strength. God sees what we do, and he rewards accordingly. So what's the reward? He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So maybe you could take a look at my life and determine how refreshed I am as a direct indication of how much I'm refreshing others. Maybe I could take a look at your life and look at it and say, how refreshed you are today, how vibrant, how lively, how buoyant you are, how refreshed you are, is greatly determined by how much you're refreshing others. But if you, as long as you make life all about others refreshing you, you'll miss the key to being refreshed. Because the key to being refreshed is not just everybody thinks of you, but you're looking at the needs of others and being a blessing to others. And as a result of that, God sees it and God rewards accordingly. I'm gonna close with one last story Genesis 24. Abraham said to his senior servant, go find a son for my wife, Isaac. So the senior servant of Abraham, the father of our faith, a man who was not Jewish, there was no Jewish race at that time, but he actually followed God. And the Bible says that's why Abraham is the father of us all. Are you catching this? And Abraham is blessed beyond measure. And God says, I will bless you to be a blessing and I will give you a son. Who's the son's name? Isaac. But Isaac has yet no wife. Therefore, Isaac has no future. Generationally speaking, Abraham's blessing was, I will give you not just a son, but you'll be the father of many nations. So now Abraham's getting old. He goes, my son needs a wife for this promise to come true. So this servant prays, and he prays. And look what the Bible says. We're going to jump into the verse. Genesis 24. Then he prayed, Lord God, my master of Abraham, make me, watch, successful today. Some Christians somehow think there's something wrong about praying to be successful. Show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming up to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So he prays, God, I need to pick a good woman For Isaac, my master Abraham has sent me to find a wife. So I'm going to go to this place where women come and draw water. And the woman that I ask a drink for, how I'll know she's the one, is not only will she provide me with a drink, but without even me asking, she will offer to water my camels as well. That's a big prayer. That's a big prayer. Camels can hold a lot of water. If you're going to water a camel, you got to have a fire hydrant. Before he finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of the son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. And the woman was very beautiful. I love the fact that the Bible can say that. She was an attractive lady. And she was a virgin. I love the fact that the Bible says that. seems to be getting more and more of a lost art in today's generation. No man has ever slept with her. Isn't it interesting in case you didn't know what a virgin was? (laughs) I did not have sex with that woman. Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my Lord, she said. And she quickly lowered the jar into her hands and she gave him a drink. And after she'd given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for the camels too until they've had enough to drink. And she quickly emptied the jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw even more water and drew enough for all his camels to drink. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. Here's the thought. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Little did this girl know that that one act of selfless sacrifice, that one act of just giving a man something to drink and watering his camels would connect her to marrying the richest man in the world, a godly man. She put herself out. She was willing to go the extra mile. In other words, by the way, I want to give you the word here that some of you aren't going to like. Okay, you ready for it? Work. This was work. And some of us want to get paid for not working. It is the most unbiblical, ungodly principle in the Word of God. Out of the sweat of your brow, you shall eat. There are some people who are unable to work because of their health, because of their disposition. I'm all for that. But if you're able to work and you just want to sit on your blessed assurance, I pray you are so uncomfortable today. I pray you come under the conviction of the Word of God today. I pray that you understand that the generous man will prosper. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. My time is up. I wish I had time to tell you about Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, Ruth, (laughs) Naomi, and Boaz. Ruth and Naomi had economic hardship. Both their husbands died. And God blesses Naomi and her agricultural work by picking up the leftovers in a field. And she was able to take care of her mother-in-law, Ruth, she worked from morning till evening, picking up the leftovers in a field, gathering what others discarded as meaningless waste. But she got out in the field and she saw there was some barley that when the harvesters came in and picked up the harvest, there were some leftovers, there were crumbs. And Naomi got into the field from early in the morning till late in the night and she worked. And Boaz noticed her and noticed she was a beautiful woman and noticed her work ethic. And Boaz ends up marrying this woman and Abel is to take care of not just Naomi, But Naomi's mother in law, Ruth, and discovers in the process that they are family and related. Can I tell you something? You got to understand the way in which you are refreshed is by refreshing others and it involves work. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand. It's just a question I'm asking who are you watering? What are you watering? And where are you watering? If you want a great marriage, you've got to water your marriage. I don't like this one. But if you want to be healthy, you've got to water yourself. It's not just what you eat. It's doing something like a little bit of exercise. And I'm stronger today than I've been in years. And I don't like it, but I'm in the gym four days a week for at least an hour and a half. And I feel better for it. I feel refreshed for it. Because it involves, I got all these trainers. Oh, I have all these. We would love to train you. Like big muscle guys. Man, we could train you. I don't want you to train me. I don't want to look like you. I'm almost 60. I'm just fighting deterioration. I just want to be able to take my shirt off and not be embarrassed thank you for the offer I don't want to look like you I admire how you look but that's going to be too hard when I'm 65 and 70 let's try and keep that up the grass is green where you water it. when was the last time you watered your kids this is vacation time Take a vacation with your kids, with your wife. Refresh them. How do you, the greatest way of, I'm done, I promise you. The greatest way of seeing to it that your family is blessed is make God's house a priority. And if you will water them in God's house, He will water your kids. Do you receive the Word? Wilson, do you receive the Word? My time's up. i got to finish. Did that help anybody today? Come on, that help anybody? I didn't set out to offend anybody as I wrote that message, but I do think we have to make sure we understand the wisdom that comes from the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Father, help us to receive that Word with gladness. Just while we're in prayer, and I'm talking to Wilson as well. I'm talking to everybody online. Thank you for everyone who is online. We're so glad you're watching today. If that message spoke to you, I'm talking to Christians right now. And you really felt like God just spoke to you about maybe embracing a, a greater appreciation, conviction of being about being generous or prosperous. That as I just talked about it, Do you know what? I could be more generous. I could get a greater conviction that God wants me to be prosperous. Or maybe today, as I heard the word of God, I gotta stop making life about me. I gotta look about who I can refresh. If you if you felt that the Holy Spirit spoke to you somewhere in that message today, heads about eyes are closed. Just lift your hand, all over the building. That's it. Many hands, many hands. Father. I thank you, your word will not return to your void. Help us to not just hear that word, but to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.